0: Locked On NBA. The biggest stories, the local experts. Every Monday we dig into the biggest stories in the NBA with the Locked On Podcast Network hosts. Today we are joined by one of the hosts of the Locked On Clippers podcast, Charles Mockler is here to talk about the NBA's schedule for the restart down in Orlando. It's all coming up, the biggest stories with the local experts on Locked On NBA.
1: are Locked On the NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.
0: Hello and welcome back to another week of Locked On NBA. I am your Monday host, Josh Lloyd. I'm also the host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, the Locked On AFL Podcast, and I'm the lead analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. The NBA has released its schedule for the restart in Orlando, so I'm going to talk about that today and some other news around the league. And I'm going to bring in the host of the Locked On Clippers podcast, Charles Mockler, to talk about it. Now I'm joined by one of the hosts of the Locked On Clippers podcast, Charles Mockler, is here with me, Charles we're going to talk about some of the NBA news over the last uh, last couple of days here as the NBA has released their schedule for the restart of games in Orlando. Um, yeah, how, how do we... First of all, there's yeah, eight games per team happening here. How uh, how bad do you think this basketball is going to be for the first eight games?
1: <laughs> Man, I can't believe... I know that the NBA really wants the ratings for that day one, but they're really hoping that Zion is, is still in good shape and they're really hoping that... The Clippers and Lakers aren't going to have any rust. So I think those first three games, we're going to see some pretty reactionary takes from people about uh, basketball choosing to be played. But I think once we get to around game six, it should get to something that we kind of left it off as, I guess.
0: Well, let's let's just attack this from a Clippers perspective. Obviously, you cover the Clippers for Locked On Clippers, and they're one of the teams that I think are are interesting here in this restart because they're pretty much locked into the two-seed in the Western Conference, I really doubt that they're going to move from there. You know, catching the Lakers seems almost impossible. And of course they've been going through injuries all through the regular season and load management mm-hmm. plans. So we talk about this game, yeah? You know, uh, Lakers Clippers first day back, first game, <laughs> like Why would these players, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Patrick Beverley, older guys, Lou Williams, why are they playing more than 25 minutes in these games? I just, I don't see it. I know they've got to get back into game shape to get ready for the actual playoffs, but that's not, you don't come out and go 35 minutes first game back after four months and play that. This is going to be, to me, especially for a team like the Clippers, and we can expand that to other teams, it's going to be a glorified preseason to me.
1: Exactly. I think that's where the uh, the two extra roster spaces come in big for the Clippers. I think some people might be introduced to uh, Jonathan Motley, who maybe have never seen him play before. But no, that first game, I mean, the minutes concern really for me does kind of hinge on Doc and kind of what uh, what he's going with, because we have seen his minutes. You know, kind of historically, Doc has struggled. I think one of his faults can be sometimes certain guys get too many minutes. Uh, Montrez Harrell, I think in this Lakers game, will probably get, I mean, around his regular load of minutes. 24 consecutive might, minutes? Yeah, the whole the entire second half could possibly be <laughs> Trez's. Um, but I think like that Kawhi and PG thing, even in the later games going up to the playoffs, you know, we've seen the Clippers rest Lou Williams and Patrick Beverly on random nights when they haven't really necessarily had any, you know, knocks or tweaks or anything like that. So, I don't know. A Part of me is still kind of wondering if we're going to see an entirely full uh, Clippers squad for that Lakers game. And we definitely won't see any of the playoff rotations that the Clippers are going to throw out until, I mean, maybe the last game that they have against the Thunder.
0: Yeah, that's that's probably the way that if I was managing a team, you wanting to to ramp up to that. Now they currently sit one and a half games ahead of the Nuggets in the two seats. so I guess it's a possibility that they could fall there. They're three games out of the out of the four spot where with Utah sitting there currently. So I guess if in worst case scenario, yeah, if they just played <laughs> Jonathan Motley 48 minutes, that they might be able to fall <laughs> down and go you know one and se- seven. But that seems. A highly unlikely scenario uh, in this whole um, in this whole restart scenario, and the, the Lakers they're even they have even less motivation to play you know, thirty five LeBron James minutes and thirty five Anthony Davis minutes, considering how far ahead of the Clippers they are. So there's you know, we have these teams that there's nothing really to play for apart from getting their rotation or, or getting players back into game shape,
1: and especially for the Lakers, like like you said, you know they don't really have. Maybe the desire to play AD and LeBron all those minutes. But, I mean, you know, as a Clippers fan, I have my own personal thoughts about Avery Bradley and how he helps the team. But <laughs> the Lakers losing Avery Bradley is a, you know, a big loss for them. Like, they needed those minutes. Any point guard minutes that don't have to go to LeBron are huge for that team. So, it's going to, I mean, I think the Lakers are in a really tough position minutes-wise. We're going to see some playoff minutes loads from them, I think, from the start of that re- of the restart.
0: Uh, no, I think I think we'll actually see Deion Waiters get playing time during this uh, during this restart oh, for man. them. You'll get uh, a Rondo Waiters backcourt for for chunks of time because have literally got nothing to play for during this time. So <laughs> I'll it, tell
1: you this: I hope so.
0: Yeah, that'll uh, it'll definitely uh, it'll help help the meme community out quite a bit, especially <laughs> yes. if Jr Smith signs on. But let's let's take a look at the rest of this schedule here uh, across the uh, across the league now. Of course. The, the most eyes are going to be focused on the battle for the eighth seed in the Western Conference. Memphis currently sits there three and a half games ahead of Portland, New Orleans, and Sacramento. Uh, San Antonio, another half game back, and the Suns, a uh, another two games further back from there. So the, the Suns' chances at that are almost comically low. So they are... Yes. <laughs> they're, they're, I don't think we're going to be seeing huge amounts of, uh, of Devin Booker playing. They already know that Kelly Oubre is not going to be attending and he rehabs his knee injury, which would have is actually fully healthy, but they're, they're not risking anything there with him successful people get successful by getting information and improving themselves and if you don't have time to read all of these self-help type books blinkist is a great way for you to go about getting that information in Blinkist takes non-fiction books and gets all of the information, four hours, five hours worth of reading, and condenses it down to just 15 minutes. 15 minutes of reading, 15 minutes of listening. Blinkist gets all that information and you can get it into your brain in such a short amount of time. With Blinkist, you can become that successful person you've always wanted to be. Improve your knowledge base by getting the key takeaways from non-fiction books in just 15 minutes. You can get a book like Upheaval, Turning Points for Nations in Crisis by Jared Diamond or Tiger Woods by Jeff Benedict on Blinkist. With Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed non-fiction books. All the books you want, all for one low price. And right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com NBA. Try it free for seven days and save 25% off your new subscription. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T. Blinkist.com NBA to start your free seven-day trial. And you'll also save 25% off, but only when you sign up at Blinkist.com NBA. In terms of how the schedule played out, Seeing a lot of people, Charles throwing out there, or oh, the the NBA is rigging it for the Pelicans. They're rigging it for Zion, giving them the easiest schedule. And, and while it is true by a lot of metrics that they do have the easiest schedule uh, in this in this group, especially out of this or out of the entire 22 teams, but out, out of this group battling for the eight they also had the easiest schedule before the uh, the restart. So I guess it sort of makes sense that their schedule would be similar, considering the, the pattern of how that schedule was uh was determined.
1: Yeah, and the Pelicans, It's you know, I guess you could be mad at the league for that too, but you could also kind of be mad at the Lakers for trading essentially one giant narrative for a competing narrative yeah. with those two teams. Um, the Pelicans, I don't know. If you're mad about the Pelicans getting an easy schedule, I think they're not going to do really anything in the playoffs. Like, so if they, you know, I think the NBA's dream, if you want to go tinfoil hat, is you get the Pels-Lakers first round, and the Pelicans maybe win one game, so... I mean, I think I actually like the I mean, I like the Grizzlies um, just a little more as a team, Uh, but I think the Pelicans, it's all up to them. They're still such a young team. And like I said, I think, you know, the fitness is going to be we haven't heard a lot about what shape guys are in. You know, we've seen the videos of them kind of playing some runs here and there, but. You know, it's going to be interesting to see what shape some of these guys are in. And just because you're a young team doesn't necessarily mean you have the best habits when you have downtime. So there could be some speed bumps there for that uh, squad, I think.
0: In terms of Memphis, they had a really tough schedule before the uh, Mm -hmm. stoppage in play their schedule is still relatively tough, but in an overall basis in terms of how the schedule looks now compared to where it was, it's actually an improvement for Memphis in terms of strength of schedule. So Memphis fans, they've got that three game advantage or three and a half game advantage already. And the schedule was always going to be hard. I think the team that, that loses out a bit there is Portland. I believe their schedule's gotten a little bit tougher based on where it was before. And of course they now don't have a small forward with Trevor Ariza opting, uh, opting not to go down to, um, to Orlando. And in most situations, I think you'll see, or most people projecting the Grizzlies to hold on to that eighth spot. There is a chance of that play-in game. Now, I see a lot of people, Charles, talking about how Portland's going to be the favorite to get into that playoff game and to win the play-in game, to get in there and beat those Grizzlies twice. But I Portland wasn't good all season. That's why they're not currently in the playoffs. Um, yes, they will get Yusuf Nurkic back. Yeah, you know, a year and a half since he's last played. They'll get Zach Collins back. Six months since he's played. Um, and they're probably going to have to play Carmelo Anthony as a small forward. Uh, I think that that puts them in real. And while the overall, the overall talent difference of yes Nurkic and Collins subtracting Ariza is an overall talent gain for Portland it doesn't matter because they can't all fit together. You're not playing a collins Nurkic whiteside 3 four, five combination. I think that that's a, a pretty rough-looking, balanced uh, rotation for Portland that could make it tough for them to make some noise.
1: And they have such an interesting schedule with that balance because they play, you know, their first game is against the Grizzlies. So they're going to get, talk about another young team, the Grizzlies are going to have legs. They had yeah. legs all year, so Portland's going to get run in that first game. Then they play the Celtics, which is, uh, you know, Brad Stevens coach team. That's not going to be the most fun. Then they go Rockets, Nuggets, Clippers, 76ers. That's just – that Rockets, Nuggets, Clippers, 76ers stretch is I think one of the harder stretches any of the teams has. Um, Then they go Mavs, Nets. So it's like those are kind of – you know, I think they could get some gain back. I think they might have a classic Portland thing where they don't play well for those first six games and then they kind of win these last two games out of kind of moral – Ness or something like that but I agree the the continuity you know as I cover the Clippers and we talk about continuity all the time but the the Blazers are getting continuity back in the most truncated time in the history of the NBA so they're going to need to catch I think some kind of uh, not of this world heater to really make I mean, to even have a chance in that wild card game, because they're just or that play-in game, because they're going to be so gassed from that middle part of their eight games. I think.
0: Yeah, and taking on teams like Boston, which is just chock full of wings, uh, Houston, which is going to be the entire team is wings, and you're going to be throwing what, Nurkic and Collins out there to to try and stop Robert Covington or to stop uh, whatever's going on in Philadelphia to stop just all of these teams. I just find it while well, they are three and a half games back, and Damian Lillard is awesome. He can't go out there and defend all of those positions and you can't make up for the fact that Yusuf Nurkic hasn't played in 15 months since you know, February last year or whatever it was. There's, those things can't be made up for. So I do think that and the Pelicans probably have a higher chance given their schedule and given the, the fact that their team is most likely it's going to be whole and you arrested Derek Favors who's been massive for the Pelicans this season mm-hmm. and uh, you yeah, know we'll see what, how Zion looks. I think he'll be okay, but Lonzo was hitting his stretch, but uh, hitting his stride before the the stoppage in play. So I do think the Pelicans have a chance to trigger that play in game. But yeah, Memphis is still sitting in the box seat despite that somewhat harder schedule. What do you make, Charles, of you know? of seeding, of teams. And this is the theory that will get thrown out when you talk about how these are just preseason games and there'll obviously be someone that comes back at you or says, well, they want to do this to avoid this team. How How much do you think that is a factor? How possible even is that? Because as I often throw out there, okay, that's fine. One team can say we're going to lose or win to get this spot to take on the other opponent. But that also means that other opponent has to just stay exactly still and they, they're not going to be winning more games or losing more games to manipulate their own positions. So in the end, I feel like a lot of that stuff, unless it comes down to a one-game scenario, we must lose to fit in this spot, that you're going out there and going super hard balls to the wall to get into a particular seed, or you're know, just throwing out nonsense lineups to go down into a particular seed, is uh, is fraught with not necessarily danger, but how is that result going to work out when so many other moving parts, 21 other moving parts, or yeah, you could say 10 other moving parts per conference, have to fall into the right position for that to be executed?
1: I think when you look at it from, I mean, particularly the Clippers' perspective, if the Clippers, you know, if we would have had the choice to kind of cruise, I guess that's kind of one of the narratives that the Clippers have been talked about because we have guys who need rest, not just Kawhi, but we rest, you know, Beverly and Lou and stuff like that. So, I mean... I don't think it's even... I think you maybe shoot for a range if you're a team. I think you go, you know, hey, if we're one through four, if we're home court, let's do it. That's fine. But I think you're right when it comes to, like... Like, you look at the Clippers and the Nuggets. You know, that's a... There is a chance the Clippers could slip down to that three spot, but I don't think it'd be advantageous at all for the Clippers, really. I think think they need as much help as they can get. And with the craziness of this season in particular you know everyone's dealing with this four month hiatus no one i would think that the teams didn't necessarily know the schedule too much sooner before we did um in terms of who they're playing so i think if you're a team that's having injury issues and you know like say you're the jazz and the news of gobert not necessarily feeling 100 uh from the covid symptoms and stuff like that i think now you're just praying that you get into the playoffs um it is weird, though, for those teams, kind of like you said, like the Suns, where it's like, what's even, you know, you don't want to ask what the point is, but at the same time, oh, what's that's the point of the Suns? Yeah, it's
0: a legitimate question. <laughs> what, what, what are they going yeah. there for?
1: <laughs> like, what are you going to risk other than injuries? And, you know, Bertans made the very smart decision, I personally think, of sitting out as someone who's an unrestricted free agent. So I don't know. I think if you're a lower-seeded team, you kind of either got to make that decision of are we running young guys out to see how the team that's fighting for a playoff spot, but yeah, I don't know. I don't think there's any planning for seeds and stuff like that because uh, you know if if you're the Bucks, you can't even drop like it doesn't it matters nothing. <laughs> you're yeah. still the number one seed no matter what. So I think you're right. I think if the Lakers, I guess it would be if the Lakers really wanted a different matchup and they wanted to maybe not face the Pals or something, they would. Lose every single game, but I just think I think you're right. There's too much chaos, and just from what I've spoken to Doc about standings, I'm not even sure he knows standings exist based (laughs) on his rhetoric. So I think these guys just try and win the one right in front of them.
0: (laughs) We've all packed on some pounds in quarantine, but if you want to get back in shape you need protein and you need the best tasting protein bars you could find and that is Built Bar. So many protein bars, they taste like garbage. It tastes like cement mixed with sawdust, but Built Bar tastes like a candy bar. It is covered in 100% chocolate and best of all, not only do these Built Bar protein bars taste great, but they are low in calories. You can get a 20 gram protein bar, a peanut butter brownie flavor, and that has just three grams of sugar and only 170 calories. That is a ludicrously low uh, sugar amount as well as the calories. Really, really low calories, really high protein. And, and the best thing is it tastes like a candy bar. Where can you find such a great product? Well, it is Built Bar. They are the best tasting protein bars that are out there. Protein is super important in getting back into shape, in helping to tone your muscles, in helping to lose that weight. And with Built Bar, you don't have to you don't have to sacrifice taste for a great nutritional product. If you go to builtbar.com and you use our promo code Locked On, you'll get ten bucks off your first order. That's ten dollars off your first order by using the promo code Locked On. That's one word, Locked On. Ten dollars off at builtbar.com. Get a box of their bars, eighteen bars. Uh, 15 different flavors in the assorted box there. Use the promo code, save $10 off. There's no better deal that you can find. So go to builtbar.com and use the promo code locked on for $10 off your first order. I think, it, look, at you, it sounds a little bit you know, negative talking about, oh, this is what, you know, the NBA is going to look trash. And, and, and I, I understand that because I, I, we're excited for the NBA to come back. We're excited for basketball to come back. And... I think it's more just tempering expectations. Like, I'm reading an article here on, on ESPN about the schedule. So, you know, what's one game you'd circle? And Royce Young says, oh, it's Clippers-Lakers opening night. It's a premier matchup. It's going oh. to be on the scale of a playoff showdown. Now, that is, that is getting people's hopes up to a ridiculous <laughs> level for a game where, again, maybe they go all out. I don't know why they would, but maybe they go all out. But that is just... And then people are going to be like, what is this trash? These players get paid all this money. they got access to mm-hmm. these tests and they're not going out there. Look how garbage this is. The NBA is soft. Why are they resting? They've had four months off. They could have rested during that time. And that is setting them up for criticism and failure. And on the off chance of, for some reason, they go out there and Doc says, you know what? Let's give the fans a show and play Kawhi 38 minutes. Oh, it's not going oh to happen. God. But on the off chance <laughs> that happens. Okay, great. That's fantastic. We get it. But I think we all have to set our expectations, though. The thing that makes sense is to ease these guys back in, is to ease it in for a game that, again, means absolutely nothing in the scheme of things. We have to treat these games like it's a game happening on April 4th, a week before the NBA season where people go, huh, the season's done, we're just getting ready for the playoffs. That's what these games are. A Lakers-Clippers matchup on the 10th of April, nobody would care about it. This is not a premier matchup. This is not a playoff showdown. This does not have this electric atmosphere. We, If it ends up turning out that way, great, fantastic. I love it. And I'll say, I was wrong on that. But I think we have to really <laughs> set our expectations back a few notches because that could end up with a real negative um, vibe or, or, or reflex from people getting out there and really attacking the product. And, and what are you doing? Why are you risking them for all this garbage when it's if it's been set up that high? I just, That is, to me, the wrong way to go about it.
1: Yeah, the product, and I feel like it's so funny this year, the product, as you said, of the league has been under attack you know, since day one from like people being mad about apathetic announcers to I think people also forget that last year was one of the toughest years, I think, in terms of referee-player relationships. And no one's really talking about what the referees have been doing to prepare. No one's talking about how the refereeing is going to oh, yeah. look. And I don't want to put more pressure on the refs, but you can't. Okay, so if the players are going to be shooting – 40% from the field. What are the refs going to be calling in terms of good to bad calls from this hiatus? So there's a bunch of factors that I think you're right. Could kind of get the product attacked. But I think at the same time, the NBA has to understand that they're the one North American league right now. They didn't even have to do this marquee matchup to get ratings. The ratings yeah, exactly. are built in to everything. You know, we'd watch, you know, King's sons, <laughs> like number ones, people are going to watch it. Um, but I think the the social media takes and everything. Um, it's uh, I've been doing my best to try and stay off it as much as possible. But I hope I mean, what I'm hoping for is just health from players. I think the the biggest issue or the biggest hurdle that the NBA would have to cross would be if there's an injury in this this opening night particularly. If they get through this opening night and they're and you know the basketball is let's just put the let's just say it's a five and a half out of ten in terms of quality but there's no injuries, uh, I think that's as good as it could get for them from a how-did-this-go perspective.
0: Let's just talk about a few of the, the other news things across the league of players who won't be in Orlando. You've already mentioned Davis Bertans, I've mentioned Trevor Ariza, they won't be there. Boyan Bogdanovich and Kelly Oubre also won't be attending. Uh, Willie Corley-Stein, not that he was in the rotation anyway, but he won't be going <laughs> down to Orlando. Um Uh, uh, Nicholas Claxton won't be going for the Brooklyn Nets Uh, Avery Bradley is out we already mentioned that one as well and then uh, today Wilson Chandler has announced he won't be going down for Brooklyn who are going to sit in that 7th or 8th seed in the East but probably not going to make too much noise there in the playoffs, and then we had a bunch of players, Charles, uh, who announced as testing uh, positive to COVID-19: Jabari Parker, Buddy Hield, Alex Len, uh, Derek Jones Jr., Malcolm Brogdon, Nikola Jokic. Uh, in addition to all those guys who tested positive early, plus a bunch of unnamed uh, unnamed players for uh, for many squads across the league uh, have all tested positive. None uh, considered serious or even exhibiting symptoms, but they have tested positive in this uh, in this um. Return to team and initial testing. Uh, And we're going to have more positive tests that come out over over this period of time, I'm pretty sure, Mm -hmm. uh, about that. Now, for the Clippers, um, where where do they sit at the moment with injuries and players? There is some talk that maybe Lou Williams may not attend uh, the the bubble. What have you heard about that?
1: So as far as, well, if you've uh, seen the Clippers front office be tight-lipped, you will not be surprised to know that the medical staff is also just (laughs) as tight-lipped, if not more so. Um, we've heard, uh, you know, nothing, no news regarding player Clippers players testing positive, which that's not to say that's a yes or a no at one of the players having tested positive or for not. I personally believe it seems difficult for one of them not to have brushed up against someone or, you know, caught some test. It's not a knock on anyone at all. It's just kind of, I guess, <laughs> more respect to how wide the virus is. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if we hear that one of the Clippers tested positive, As far as the Lou will, uh, I believe his quote. I think last week was he was 50/50 on if he was going down or not Uh, with the Clippers. His was his was uh, social justice concerns, as you know he should have. Um, But with the news of the NFL, or sorry, the NBA, definitely not the NFL would do this. um, (laughs) The NBA Players Association saying that they could replace their last names uh, with messages for social justice. I think that pushes his chances for being with the team at higher than 50 50 so i as of right now you know what are we recording this uh 449 on uh, the 28th it seems like the clippers should have a full squad going down to orlando
0: yeah which is an advantage when you know their their cross arena rivals are missing a starter in avery bradley yeah, not that he's necessarily a starter by quality or minutes, but he is a starter. <laughs> and I, 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 you talked about him being a part of that rotation. He is a big part. Of, I think that they can. Uh, I think they can deal with that by just playing more minutes to guys that are better, like Alex Caruso and Kentavious were Pope, and giving those guys, yeah, you know, splitting those 22 minutes or so amongst those two players. I think that actually probably gives them a, a benefit there. But it does impact their depth. And of course, when you're going down to Dion Waiters as that depth option at the back, maybe there is a maybe there is a problem with that. But. Um, <laughs> Okay, more news is going to come out about this, about players sitting out, about players um, uh, getting you know, injured and not going down there. But I believe today was the cutoff for, for, team, uh, for teams to waive players, so players won't get waived. Uh, there is still an ability over the next uh, 48 hours for players to sign with teams to go down into this Orlando bubble. And then we'll get more decisions uh, from players in those next couple of days to see where they all sit about this. Uh, Charles, before I let you go here, now you are a Clippers person, so I assume you won't be. You won't be biased here. Who is oh, your who is your who's your pick for the NBA title under these new set of circumstances? Does anything change? Did you think the Clippers were likely to, to win it anyway? Does this improve their odds? Does it decrease their odds? Where, where do we sit?
1: I had so I had the Clippers as winning the championship over the Bucks, uh, which I don't think is that uh, mind blowing or out there of a pick before the uh, COVID. Situation, And I, I still have it at the same. Um, I think if the full squad, which as we think, if the full squad goes down there, I think we had the best top to bottom roster in the league. Uh, Paul George, you know, does like to talk about how healthy he is fairly often, but it seemed genuine this time. And the last time that he was interviewed talking about it, he's had four months off. He had to deal with some calf stuff before. So hopefully that's worked out. But I think, I mean, if, if guys can come in and we're going to see some, you know, we we talked about a little bit off top how bad the basketball is going to look early. The Clippers bench is going to look pretty rough early, I think, because that's the natural progression of taking four months off. But when we get to games, you know, six, seven, eight, the Clippers are going to be right where they should be. And we're going to see guys contributing from everywhere on the roster. And I think, uh, I think it's still the Clippers versus Bucks. And I think once you get to the finals, it's, a little harder to kind of call, just because the Bucks have the Giannis factor and stuff like that. But I think uh, I think it's Clippers and Six Ultimately, will be the uh, end of the Corona Cup or whatever we're going to start calling this
0: championship. In the preseason, I had the Clippers and Sixes as my finals pick, and okay, uh, I, I've adjusted it to Clippers and Bucks for now as well. So so same as you. So I'm sticking sticking with the Clippers there. I still think this, the Sixers are helped out by this hiatus because they have Ben Simmons back. And healthy now, oh, yeah. and you can make as many Ben Simmons shooting jokes as you want, but having him there <laughs> versus whatever else was in his place is uh, is an upgrade. And uh, Al Horford, yeah,
1: he's still Ben Simmons,
0: yeah, yeah. And Al Horford's rested his knees. I think they benefit quite a bit here to get these guys back. And there's no guarantee that they would have been uh, fully ready to go during a, an April first round playoff series, so they benefit quite a bit. So we'll see how this all pans out. There's plenty more water to go under the bridge. And Charles, from a Clippers perspective, you'll cover that for us over on Locked On Clippers. Thanks for coming on Locked On NBA with me today. Today.
1: thank you so much yeah happy to be here and hopefully we can talk about the clippers championship in a couple months
0: and that will do it for today's episode of locked on nba don't forget subscribe apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, stitcher and on spotify and go leave us a five star rating and review on apple Podcasts. it's a great way of helping out the show you can follow me on twitter at redrock underscore and the network at locked on nba net guys we are done here thank you so much for listening everyone see ya